Hallelujah. We do want to take, as we're receiving our, our uh, morning offering, uh, we do want to take a moment and be able to just, uh, just to uh, value our dads in the room here. You know, um, life goes by really fast. And sometimes you ever, you, someone that either moves or someone that passes on, you realize, gosh, there are things I really wanted to say, but I just, I never did, and I forgot. And we, uh, I think especially toward our fathers sometimes, I don't know what it is, it's difficult sometimes to be able to really communicate your heart to your dad. And it's not, it's a little bit easier to mom. Mom's that nurturer, you know. And sometimes it's a lot easier to mom, but sometimes to dad, it's, 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 it's difficult. And I, I want to encourage you today that if your dad is still living, that you make a phone call, not collect, okay, but make a phone call. And you know that they say there are more collect calls on Father's Day than any other day in the history of the, of the, of the year, Father's Day. It's amazing. But to express your love for dad, uh, my father... Uh, has been passed uh, for about 20 years now. He died a little bit early in life, and his health was pretty bad. And and uh, but one thing I, I I can say I believe that in those the last 10 years of my dad's life, I really begin to connect again with my dad, and I have no regrets. I believe I said everything I wanted to say to my dad, in appreciation and love and value of my father. But I meet so many people that that hasn't been the case. And so I want to invite, I, I have a couple of people, Steve and and uh, Jackie or Tim, come up here. Um, I got a couple of people that I just want to, uh, I think it's important for to hear about the value that father brings, dad brings. You know, this morning's service has been, I feel like, just very unique in what's been emphasized of the love of the father have been so prevalent in the house today. I want to thank Lisa for stepping up and leading this morning, her and Elizabeth. And <clears throat> if you're wondering, our worship team, a majority of our worship team is are up in Pennsylvania this weekend for a worship conference, and they're getting filled up and equipped and everything. They'll be coming home this afternoon, tonight. So, but thank you, guys. That was so awesome, so great this morning. Thank you so much. Tell Jason that, that uh, you know, his job. So, uh, <laughs> but I just, you know, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see for come up here and just take a moment and just share. I ask these guys to, to be able to share something with everyone about their dad that they so valued and appreciated something their dad did, a moment, whatever, uh, as we really celebrate Father's Day here today? Yeah, I guess for me, there's two things that stand out. Um, my dad was definitely, and still is, um, a disciple. So I was, I was thinking over it last night and um, just thinking back, where did this all start? And I would say probably five, six years ago, where my dad would say, come on, we're going to go out with three boys. My brother's actually here today. And he would say, come on, we're going to go. My dad installed carpet, vinyl floors, ceramic tile. 
And I remember one particular time where he was doing a little motel, and he set my brother and myself up in one bathroom, and, and the owner of the motel came and said, like, why do you got your young little boys here, five, six, seven, eight years old, doing a bathroom and no one's watching them? And my dad's response is, well, I've trained them. And he said, if, if they make a mistake, come to me and I'll, and I'll fix it. And, but that, even at that point, my dad was even setting aside saying, you know what, I'm going to train my boys so they know what to do physically. But also another portion that came to mind is in regards to being an armor bearer or even a cup bearer. Um, my dad has done a great job protecting us without us even knowing. Just very gentle, meek, a lot of times tasting things that probably weren't good for us, but allowing us to taste those things of the world so we know we learned, learn from our mistakes and could turn and go a different direction. And uh, th- there's some big portions of what my dad has, has shared with me. And uh, I think another com- think big portion is commitment. Um, and my mom had a car accident, really severe, changed, really changed our dynamics of our family. Um, but to the point where even, you know, he's getting close to 80, but it continues to change to support my mom. And just not, there's no, didn't change his love for my mom. And we always say there's a, there's a compassion the two of them have um, for each other. And the support that he has changed from being this guy that went out and worked physically to really taking care of the home and his, and his wife. Um, and that's, I was really, I'm just so honored to, to have him as my dad. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate that. Jackie, come up here, honey. This is Miss Jackie Rolls, and uh, she's going to take probably 20 or 30 minutes to share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just thinking about um, my dad over this weekend, this week, so I sent him a card. Um, uh, He has has really marked my life, not not with his words, but with his actions towards me um, and towards our family. And so some of the ways that he lived his life were really, um, really a good example to me, but just, just marked me with his love in that way. His, um, his generosity, he is, he's just a man that walks in generosity of his time, of his finances. Um, just everything about him is to give and to do for other people. Um, and, and he has this very gentle and humble nature about him. Um, people feel comfortable. Kids just gravitate towards him because he carries just this heart of um, this just this just gentle towards people. And his humility, he is never seeks to be the center of attention. He never seeks to get applause for what he does. He just he walks in such integrity. Um, and I'm so thankful that you know, like I, I saw that as a kid that my my dad really walked in in those in those ways, um, and also just hard work. He was just the most steadfast in his, in his labor, um, and never, never to boast, just, he just did things with just such a heart of integrity, and just, like, his will was just to do good all the, in everything that he did. He never cut corners, if anything, if it was the smallest task, or if it was the biggest task, he put his heart into it, and, um, my dad doesn't actually know Jesus. He's not a believer. And so I think it's really amazing that, like, 
I got to see the heart of God by, by, through my dad because the Lord fashioned him in such a way that he actually has his characteristics and has his nature. And, and that was just a beautiful example and model to me in my life. And I'm so grateful. Just, and I just honor God for, like, that's the way he fashioned him. All right. Our Tim? So, <clears throat> if you know Pastor Doug, he's really good at throwing you out there under the bus. <laughs> this is one of those examples. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, many of you are familiar with my testimony, and um, my father was just, he was amazing. He came to know the Lord, um, had struggled in a lot of areas, and the Lord delivered him, and um, I found myself in the throes of addiction big time. I was, I was strung out on heroin and just a wreck, and um, he was, he never gave up on me, um, was just stood praying. I would steal all of his stuff. He was a musician, um, still is, and he would have equipment and so on, stuff that he really needs, and I would steal it and pawn it. And I remember one time he had this machine that he really needed, and uh, I took it and sold it. It was worth, we, we drove all the way to New York when I was a kid to get it. It was so expensive, and I sold it for like $40. And I came home, and he was sitting on the porch, uh, very broken, um, but he never gave up on me. I, I tell a story. Um, he bought me a guitar one Christmas, and I uh, pawned that too, and anything else I could, and um, luckily, some of the tickets that you get from the pawn shop, I just had thrown out in my room, and he would go, and I wouldn't be there, and he would pick them up, and he would go back to the pawn shop, and he would buy the things back, and one of those things was my guitar, and so um, before I went to prison, um, I, I got rid of the guitar that he got for me, and you know, I figured it was long and gone, and uh, he actually had went and bought it and kept it in his trunk, so I wouldn't do it again, and then when I went off to prison, um, he put it in my room, and seven years later, when I came, there it was. Amen. Wow, what amazing, amazing testimonies from everyone. But just different things about our dads, you know, that uh, there's just something about sometimes that where dad will just surprise you. You're, you're, you're not expecting for dad to react a certain way, and he just surprises you, and you realize, wow, the the goodness that are, that is there within our fathers. And uh, I remember one time where I was driving his car, which he never let me drive, and, uh, and I wrecked it. And <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, I'd gotten upset about something. I had just I'd, I'd broken up with a, with a young lady, and it wasn't Cindy, but I uh, broke up with a young lady. Or she broke up with me, actually, and I was so upset, and, and I went and visited someone, and I was just so angry that when I, uh, <laughs> when I backed my dad's car out of her place, I just wasn't looking at all, and I just T-boned a tree, man. Just, I mean, the whole back end just, it was like a shape of a V, you know, and I was upset about that, but I was more upset about my impending death, uh, you know. 
that I knew that was going to happen from my dad. Uh, my dad uh, was not a man that uh, easily controlled his emotions. And, uh, and so, um, so I just knew that I'm dead. I just, I remember trying to go, driving home that day, going about 20 miles an hour, just, just, just going as slow as possible before I could get home, you know. But I still remember, I still remember dad sitting at the head of the table, we're having supper, and I just feel like, you know, uh, the food that evening had no taste. I didn't know what it was, you know, but I just knew that. And dad looked at me and he says, what's wrong? He could tell because I was dying on the inside. I figured go ahead and die on the inside before I died on the outside, you know. And so uh, I said, Dad, I said I was in an accident and I messed up the rear of your car. And the first thing he said, he said, are you okay? And I was like, well, kind of, <laughs> sort of, you know, about five minutes, I don't know, you know, type thing. And, but he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay, Dad. He said, well, let's go out and take a look at it. And uh, when I, and it was, it was, it was bad. I mean, the lid, the truck lid was kind of flopping and, and he, and he looked at it and he looked at me, he looked at it and he says, well, and I thought, oh God, here it comes. You know, he says, well, you know, that's why we have insurance. And he put his arm around me and said, it's okay. And I, I just, I was, I was stunned. I was stunned. And, uh. You know, it's, it's funny that uh, my dad was an unusual man and trying at times, but there was still a great amount of goodness within my father that uh, I learned so many things from my father. I'm so grateful. I learned that it didn't matter the color of people's skin. It didn't matter about their socioeconomic background. My my dad never had an ounce, a smidgen of prejudice within him. And I'm so grateful that living in the deep south, learning that from my father, growing up that it doesn't matter the, the color of a, of a person's skin or anything like that, but they, they, we all have equal value under God. And I'm so grateful for my father showing me that. And so I just want to pray for our dads this morning. And dads, we, when we blow it, we blow it royally, usually. But when we get it right, it's a good thing, too. Praise God. I've had so many moments where I blew it so badly in front of my children. And uh, as we all have, later going back and uh, very much apologizing to them that, your, a daddy would react that way because that's not like daddy God. But uh, but I uh, I am grateful. I am grateful for all the things I've learned of being a father and still learning to be a father. I'm still learning. I'm learning from my heavenly father. So dads, if you'll stand up, if you're a dad in the house this morning, I want you to stand up. Let's just give him. Yeah, let's just thank these guys.
Now, I want everybody else to stand up. Go to a dad. I want you to lay your hands on. We're going to pray over him. We're going to bless him right now. Thank you, Lord God. <laughs> your hands, Nicole, not your lips, okay? All right? <laughs> that's okay. It's your husband, so that's cool. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, God. Father, I bless these amazing men, God, that we first, we acknowledge our love for you. We acknowledge our dependence upon you. We acknowledge that that which we need as a father would gain from you. We gain from you, Lord. And we thank you, God, that we all have probably still much to learn and much to grasp about fatherhood, about ministering the heart of the Father. But, God, we're learning and we're growing. And we thank you, Father, that in every moment when we fail and in every moment that, we, God, we, we, just, we just royally mess up. Father, we are so grateful that you always respond to us with a daddy's heart. You always respond to us with such kindness and love and mercy, faithfulness, patience. We are so grateful for that. God, and I bless these men here today. God, with all that's within the Father's heart, that God, that it would just flow out through them also to their children, to their grandchildren, to their loved ones, to their wives, to all those around them. Where in some way they have an influence as father. It may not even be with their children. It may be with those that they work with or those that they're around. But they still have influence as a father. And God, we thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit that knows the Father more than anyone else lives on the inside of us. He lives on the inside of us. And he is able to disclose and show all the things, the truth, and all the things of the Father that we can repeat and we can, we can allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us and that we can minister the heart of the Father to others. So we are grateful. Lord, and I just, Lord, I just pray that you would just bless these men with such grace, such anointing, such love today, God. And I thank you, Father, for many that are in this house that, God, to others, they demonstrate the love of the Father. And God, we just give you praise and thanksgiving for that. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, Daddy. Can you hand me the bulletin, baby? Right there. Okay. Everybody take a quick look at your bulletin, the front part of it. I was uh, planning to do a sermon today called Touching the Untouchables. Uh, but everything I wrote here, remember this because I'll be speaking on this in about two weeks, okay? And uh, there's just not time today to do this. But that's okay because the Lord told me that already. Uh, yesterday morning I was just kind of meditating. Uh, early morning Cindy had gone and and uh, was meeting with someone, and uh, and so I was just meditating. The Lord began to just do a download in my heart about some things that has been had been occurring this week, 
And uh, I just felt like I would take about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and just share very briefly on a couple of things. You know, the story of Zacchaeus is an amazing story. It really is. It's, a, it's an amazing story that really demonstrates the heart of the Father. You know, we're, we're talking about living the resurrected life. The interesting thing about in John chapter 11, Jesus said to Martha that I am the resurrection and I am the life. Even before he was resurrected, Jesus proclaims, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I try to wrap my, my mind around that and what does that mean for us, you know? But what God has put within us and what God has placed within us, does it matter of our experience? It doesn't matter if we haven't done it before or not that we can become that and we can walk that out, even if we don't feel like that we're ready to walk it out. Amen? And uh, God is always challenging me. I know he's challenging you too to step out, take a risk. You know, step out, share the love of Christ, love this person, value this person, you know, demonstrate worth to this person. And, uh, and many times we feel like we're nervous. Do I have it? Can I do it? But you are already that. God has already put that within you. Jesus knew within him he was already the resurrection. He was already the life. He didn't need the, the occurrence of the resurrection to prove that he is the resurrection. He already was. He was before, he was during, and he was after. He was always that. And I love reading the Gospels where Jesus is demonstrating that resurrected life. As we're talking about the series, summer series on the, the living the resurrected life, I just, if you're wanting to get a grasp and an insight and a picture of what that looks like, read the Gospels. Just read the Gospels. It's amazing. Sometimes we think about re living the resurrected life is just a life of power. It's just a life of miracles and things like that. But, you know, Jesus did many things that never was there a miracle. Never was there a healing or a growing of a limb or, or, or opening of eyes or ears or whatever. But it was the miracle of love that he demonstrated. It was amazing. And so many lives that were touched, healed, and restored, and brought into the kingdom simply because Jesus, when he looked at him, when he communicated with him, when he talked with them, when he was with them, he demonstrated value and worth into their lives. And that's exactly the story of Zacchaeus, that he was one of the most reviled, hated men in all of Jericho because he was a chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was a Jewish man. And most tax collectors were Romans. And when he decided, for one reason or another, and we'll go into it later, of why I believe he chose that profession, that it was like treason to the Jewish nation. It was like us today going and going somewhere in the Middle East and joining a terrorist group. We would be seen that we have, we, we have committed treason against our nation. And that's exactly what the view of Zacchaeus was, that he was reviled, he was hated, and, uh, and yet Jesus comes stepping into that town. That morning, he, Zacchaeus discovers Jesus is coming, and he says, I want, to seek, I want to seek after Jesus. What he didn't realize was Jesus was seeking after him. That's the powerful thing about it. 
people, that when you think that it's all up to you and your ability to seek after him, and the reality is he is seeking after you. He is pursuing you with, a, with total love and total value and worth about your life. And it's always in his heart, and he's always showing and showering the Father's love. If there is a time and day where the Father's love needs to be demonstrated like never before, it is now. It is today. Young men and women are growing up with an orphan spirit. They're growing up with an idea, thought of their worth and value. They've got to do this. They've got to do that to be seen in the eyes of people. And the fact... The, the fact is, is that they don't know of the Father's love. What a difference I believe it would have made in a young man this week named Dylan Ruth if he had encountered the Father's love. What a difference I believe it would make. When I heard about that tragic situation and the, the killings down in Charleston at you know, at Ebenezer or Emmanuel Church down there. I mean, it just it ripped at my soul, I'm sure, as it did for many of you. Just, it's just like, God, why? And here is, I mean, amazing thing about it. And the, and the great thing about it in the media that is beginning to happen is that the media is beginning to share the response and the outpouring of love and forgiveness from a church that has been so wrecked by the occurrence of this week. But to, even to this young man that was welcomed into that Bible study, was welcomed in by a group of people only wanting to love, only wanting to show mercy and kindness and love, which they did, but yet, Because what had been placed within this young man's heart, added into this young man's heart, I don't know if it was from parents, I don't know if it was from just society, whatever, but the hatred that was resident within this young man and the confusion and the, and the lack of knowing that he was of any worth, of any value, that he had to do something to try to create a, 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 that people would recognize him instead of knowing the Father's love. And, and I'm astounded, and I am I'm taken back by the tragedy, but even more uh, am I been this week impacted by the response of that church down in Charleston. As moms and dads and brothers and sisters went to the courthouse, and, and I don't know if you saw this on TV where they brought this young man into a room, and it was by videotape type situation. And over and over again, people stood up to the microphone and they addressed this young man with love and forgiveness and mercy and kindness. And the thing that it should be, that should fill the news of our nation should be that. The reaction that there was never a moment of rioting, never a moment of giving evil for evil, hate for hate. But I want to tell you, I want to stand before you today and proclaim 
that the love of Christ always wins out, no matter what. It always wins out in every moment of our life. And we all will have opportunities and we all have situations in our life that we are wronged. We are wronged in some way. We are reviled. We are hated. We are, we are dumped on in some way. And it's in that moment what truly is within our hearts will be demonstrated. Truly what's there inside of our hearts. And if we have been feeding on the love of Jesus and we have been feeding on the Father's love and we have been meditating and fellowshipping with the God of all love, I want to tell you nothing but love will come out of your heart. Nothing but love. And my heart goes out to the families that many today, they wake up on Father's Day and for two families, their fathers are not there now. I mean, they're, they're, in a, they're in an amazing place. We all know that. But just the pain that they're going through today, and I want, before we leave this morning, I want us to be able to pray over for the families and for the, the, the church there. But I, I want to take a, just a moment and look at Romans chapter 12. My, my heart is like, Lord, how... How should we respond? As people talk about this around a water cooler at work, as this is being shared among neighbors, how we can respond as believers, how we can respond in showing the love of Christ. There is no doubt that this passage in Romans chapter 12 is being lived out right now on the streets of Charleston, South Carolina, verse 9 through verse 21. And I just want to very quickly read through this, and I'd like to, for us to pray if we could, and then we'll be finished today. Verse 9 through 21, I believe, is our instruction from the Lord, is our answer, is the heart that we are to put on and to live out. And it says in verse 9, and let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. Let it be real. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. It's sad that it would take a young man taking the lives of nine people for him to hear that you are loved, for him to, to know that, that he has value on the inside of him. But through the church of the, in Charleston and through the families, he's hearing that, that in honor we value one another, we give preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, meaning, guys, this has got to be, this has got to be the thing that just, like a river comes out of our life every single day, of the honor and the value that we place upon other lives and other people. Who knows how many Dylan roofs live right around us or next door to us or that we encounter daily. And that we, God has called us to be the light. In Matthew chapter 5, he has said, you are the light. You are to be set upon a hill. You are to show the good works of your Father to all people. 
And our response should always be, no matter what happens, we are called to be the light. We are called to be the light, people. No matter what comes into our life, no, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, no matter what happens in our life, the fact does not change. Jesus says, well, you can be a light when everything is going well. But Jesus said, you are the light, and you are to set yourself in a way to affect and show the love of Christ to others. He says, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope that as we are the light, it's going to make a difference. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, continuing to show the love of Jesus. Bless those who persecute you. And that's exactly what we are seeing happening. Bless and do not curse. There's something rooted that I'm so appreciative that the people there, in spite of going through great pain and sorrow, they know the goodness of God. And sometimes, we, we, in order for us to really realize and know the goodness of God, sometimes we have to go through tough times. We have to go through trials. Because it's only if we know the goodness of God during the good times that, that demands no, no belief or trust or sacrifice on our part. But when we believe and trust in the goodness of God during when times are difficult, you know, when times that you go week after week after week after week without a job, and it's just like, God, I'm doing everything I know to do, what's wrong? But when God gives that job to you, Greg, as he did, you know, you, I know you, my friend, that you did not doubt the goodness of God. And I so appreciate that with you, you and Nicole. You lived that out during a pretty difficult moment in your life. And I thank you. Thank you for sharing, showing the goodness of, that you believe you trusted in the goodness of God even when things were not good. I want to thank you for that. It says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Meaning that we have the same mind, the same value of all people within our hearts. Repay no evil, no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. I would think that the, 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 the news in our nation and the people in our nation would have, would have thought if the people there in Charleston would repay evil for evil well, look at what this terrible thing happened. It's just, that's just, that happens. But no, man, they didn't, they didn't fall into that trap, praise God. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, lead peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, or rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. People, if your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. He says, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome do not be overcome by evil, 
but overcome evil with good. There is no doubt that the testimony that's coming out of this week of that great tragedy is not a young man that was so filled of hatred and prejudice and that was so hurting on the inside. But what's coming out, I believe, is the testimony that good overcomes evil. And a church that has been shook with tragedy has responded in a loving and kind way, showing the goodness of the Father. And that, that, is, that is to be cheered, and that is to be appreciated, and that is to be modeled, people. They are modeling living the resurrected life. They are modeling living the resurrected life. As we are studying and we're saying, Lord, we want to know how to live a resurrected life, take their example and take it to heart. Amen. Can we all stand up, please? Thank you, Father. Can we just take a moment? I'd like to pray for the families and those in that church as their pastor was taken from them. A man that everything I heard about this man, Dr. Pinckney, was was amazing things. Father, we pray right now, Lord God. We stand as a body, God reaching out to another part of our body. We reach out to our brothers and sisters, Lord God, even though we're separated by miles, Father, in the spirit, we're not separated at all. And Father, we pray right now, God for the comfort, for the peace, for the love, for the strength, for all that they need, families that have lost moms and grandmothers, families that lost dads and grandfathers and families that lost sisters and brothers. God, we thank you by your Holy Spirit who is the comforter that he would pour out the kindness of the Father and the heart of the Father upon those people there. And God, I pray, Father, that the example that is going forth right now of the love of Jesus, Father, would be seen in this nation and appreciated in this nation and embraced in this nation. That we don't have to be a nation that repays evil for evil. We don't have to be a nation to overcome evil. We are trying to overcome it by a greater evil. God, we, but we can, we can change this nation one person at a time, God, with worth and value and love from the Father. And God, I pray, Father, as we pray for them this morning, as they are having services right now also, God, that just the, the sense of your presence, the sense of your amazing love, the sense that Christ is the resurrection and the life and they can rejoice and know that their loved ones, even though death came, they walked immediately into life. They walked immediately into heaven. And God, we thank you, Father. We thank you that, God, we can have that covenant with you. And knowing that, God, whatever befalls us in life, Father, your goodness overcomes it all. It is settled. It is done. It has been established 
by you when you hung on a cross and you took the sins of every person and you took the sins of that young Dylan Ruth. God, we pray for this young man that where he's at, he would discover and come into and know the transforming love of the Father that would break down an angry, hurting heart, break down mindsets against certain people because of the color of their skin. God, that you would break it down and break through into his life, Father. We pray for his family, God, that they too will come and would to know if they don't the loving, the saving knowledge, loving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you, Father. Your kingdom goes forth. Your kingdom goes forth. Father, we thank you, Lord God, no matter what. God, you build, you restore, you redeem. We thank you, God, even in this time, a moment, you will, you will redeem all things, God, for Emmanuel Episcopal Church in Charleston. You will redeem all things, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I pray, Father, for us that even today we have great opportunity. That we, we leave this place, Lord. When we leave and we walk out of this place, that we may encounter difficult things, we may encounter good things, but no matter what, that, God, that we would share the heart of the Father, that we would shine like lights in this world that is filled with darkness, that we would shine like great lights, Father, beacons, Father, pointing others, pointing others to the, to the creator of life, pointing others to Christ, that we would be that and do that. Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Father, we just we just also ask, Lord God, that we thank you in spite of all this. Your spirit brings unity. God, we, we bind the demonic spirit of segregation. We bind the demonic spirit that seeks to divide and bring hatred. That brings a mindset that I am better than you because of this or this or this. Father, I pray, Lord God, that that thing will not have a place to enter into the hearts of men. God, and we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that, Father, as the church rises up together and the church proclaims the, the unadulterated love of Christ, God, the unity of the body, God, would be demonstrated again and again and again, Father, of churches that are, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, whether it doesn't matter whether they're Hispanic, that, God, we would join arms together and hands together and say we will demonstrate the heart of the Father no matter what. So we give you praise, Lord. Amen. We would love to, if you're on our prayer ministry team this morning, I invite you to come up here, please. 
If anyone today has any need, desire, need for prayer, we don't want you to leave this place without receiving prayer in some manner, in some way. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning, so glad that you could be with us. And uh, 